You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Worship Review podcast which evaluates the songs that we sing in the church and in the wider Christian community for this series at least we are looking at the top songs from the top countries that listen to this podcast we're getting a bit of an international flavor for what is being sung in the church this way and so today we are looking at one of the top Christian gospel songs in South Africa and the band is joyous celebration. The song is hymn 377, and I can't pronounce the other bit. Tyler, can you pronounce it? I think it's something like Denzel Uncendo. Okay, we're going to go with that. My name is Colin. I am a history professor at a large research university in the Midwest, and a former person who played a guitar, sung songs in churches. I did that for like 15 years-ish, and now I'm retired, as it were. And I'm joined. Washed up. I think he means washed up. <laughs> and I'm joined by my snarky, uh, <laughs> my snarky co-host Tyler. Yes, I. So the only thing that differentiates me from a washed up person is that I'm just not old enough yet to be washed up, but I'm getting there and quickly, more quickly than I would like. Progressing towards being washed up. And... Indeed, I'm. I'm quite the progressive man, um, and a linguist at. Uh, same university as Colin, a good friend of his, I'd like to imagine. Um, or not, I don't really care what Dep- he thinks. It depends on how snarky you are, yes. That's right. So sometimes I get to be too much to handle. <laughs> All oh, right. and I have some things to say about South Africa, Oh, yeah, actually. so one of the things that we've been doing on this series, uh, which Tyler didn't let me know that he was going to do, but which has nevertheless been a fun feature, is before we get to the song, we talk about some fun facts about the country. Tyler, what are your fun facts about South Africa. Well, so here's the thing you got to know about South Africa, right? The first thing is that South Africa generates two thirds of all of Africa's electricity. Oh, so very oh. electricity productive. I wonder what sort of um, electricity it is. That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's also three times the size of Texas. Did you know that? No, it's, like, I it's didn't. a huge, huge country. I didn't know there was such a place bigger than Texas. Yeah, everything Texas is was bigger. The biggest. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Um, remember Johannesburg? They would say in South Africa, and uh, South Africa is. I find this to be quite literally remarkable. This is something that uh, I would remark to someone else about clearly, as you're about to do. Uh, let me remark to you, Colin, that South Africa is the only country to have had nuclear arms and then voluntarily surrender them wow. to give up the nuclear arms program. So And now they've been obliterated, right? They're, they're all gone, right? Right, because once you... you if yeah. you lay down your arms, everyone just runs in and slaughters you. Yep. So. 2010 World Cup with the Vuvuzelas, if I remember correctly. Oh, these were a big deal. Yeah. You could buy these in uh, many places in the U.S. I think, yes. were you in the U.S. at this time? Probably not. I was not. in the United Kingdom at the time, yeah, which really was glorious because the U.S. played the played England to a tie. It was wonderful to watch that with those smarmy British L- people. Let me guess. Yes, I was going to say, let me guess. Um, you, being the contrarian that you are, sat in that room 
And you probably painted your face I with wore, the American flag. Yep, I wore a giant American flag hat and all of wow. that kind of thing. Which is funny because over in this country, I would no. never do such a thing. But no, it I almost just seems like you, you live to yes. uh, oppose. Yes. Um, <laughs> you were like a, a an electron in a magnetic field. There you go. No matter where you put it, it will oppose. It's funny. I, I have a similar story in that in 2011, I was watching the Women's World Cup uh-huh. in Germany. I, I was in Germany at the time. And... I also just wore all of these. I mean, I, I painted my face with the American mm-hmm. flag and wore all these clothes and blew these little horns and just irritated, you know, people. In the same way, it's just funny, though, because it's the same way that they would irritate anyone else if their favorite team were playing. Right. But for some reason, me doing this for the American team was so awful. Um, and again, I don't get that excited about sports here, but yeah. I think there was something about being uh, in a foreign land Yep. Supporting my, my, I, I always say my as if I know any of these soccer players, but right. supporting the players who wear the uniform that has the name of the country that I am a citizen of. Yeah, I put a flag actually on the back of my bicycle while I was riding it around Bristol. Huh. And if you know Colin, he doesn't really like flags. No. So this has been a very self-indulgent introduction. Yep. Okay. All right, we were talking about the song Hymn 377 by Joyous Celebration. Uh, do you have any introductory comments about the song itself? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I'll say, and I'm sure we will come back to this later, is that this song is eerily similar to Abide With Me, that hymn we did by Henry Francis Light mm-hmm. uh, a few episodes ago, I think in the second season. And there are similar images of kind of the sun setting and it getting dark and needing uh, the Lord to abide with the singer, and uh, that same Lord offering uh, help, comfort, um, and peace, even as the life of the singer is approaching its end. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a song kind of pleading with a deity, uh, in this case God, for uh, peace and uh, serenity in very difficult situations okay um tyler were you aware that uh this song is based off a poem i that's what i read in a in a youtube comment maybe someone said this was based off of a soldier's poem yeah so i dug into this um so it comes from a poem that was found in the desert uh after the battle of elagilia elagila uh in 1942, December 14th. And what war was going on in the 40s, Colin? Yeah, I, I can't I, remember. I, not some minor war. And anyway, the poem uh, ha, is quite is somewhat long, but a couple of the lines are worth mentioning now because the lyrics are quite similar. Stay with me, God. The night is dark. The night is cold. My little spark of courage dies. The night is long. Be with me, God, and make me strong. Help me, O God, when death is near to mock the haggard face of fear. 
that when I fall, if fall I must, my soul may triumph in the dust. This poem was also quoted by Ronald Reagan in December of 1986 when he first instituted May 7th as a national day of prayer. He quoted that poem. So in fact, even though this, these song lyrics are, as I'm sure we'll discuss, somewhat simple, they do have uh, quite a legacy behind them. Like there, There's clear similarity between this poem, which was then used by a U.S. president, which also clearly has some similarity to the hymn Abide With Me. So one of the things that we do after introducing the song is we talk a little bit about the lyrics, and there aren't many of them to talk about. The song is seven some minutes long, but the lyrics are pretty short. Yeah. So we start out with abide. Oh, abide with me. The sun has set. The night is here, Lord. May I not be left alone with no helper. Be my helper and abide with me. Now, actually, I'm reading a translation of this song. I should mention because this is in a different language than English. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Tyler? I think it's in Zulu. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I, I should have done a better research here, but I'm fairly certain it's in um, Zulu, which is the one of the larger minority languages in South Africa. Okay. And what I said before, I think rings true, especially in this first verse. Um, well, it rings true throughout, and but I'll, I'll make the point very clear. Listen to this. Abide, oh, abide with me. The sun has set. The night is here, Lord. May I not be left alone with no helper. Be my helper and abide with me. Now think for a moment on Abide With Me by Henry Francis Light, right? Abide with me. Fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens. Lord with me abide when other helpers fail Fail. and comforts flee. Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Yeah, very similar. Because the the poem by Henry Francis Light, or the hymn, I should say, predates the poem by 100 years. So long enough for it to enter the vernacular, common vernacular, and, you know, even probably missionary handbooks and hymnals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. All three of those texts share a very, very similar motif. Yeah. And that is the sun figuratively setting on one's life and needing courage to carry on, whether in war or in peace. Yeah, or so, old age or whatever, right, yeah. Or disease, yeah. anything that could kill a person. There's a sense that, that this is a song about an approaching approaching death. Right, and John 15, as we spoke about on that Henry Francis Light Abide With Me episode. Yes, because we did review Abide With Me. You can check back in Series 2, the podcast, to get our review do. of that. Yes. That episode also mentions um, John chapter 15, where... The Lord Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So that is perhaps the first image we might think of when we think of abiding with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But really there's an even closer one, and that was... When um, when Christ's body is nowhere to be found, so not in the tomb, the tomb is empty, uh, and two um, apostles are going to Emmaus, Jesus appears on the road 
and uh, illuminates the scriptures for them, and then it starts to get dark, and they say, abide with us, for it is toward evening, the day mm-hmm. is far spent. And so I think that nugget from Luke 24 might undergird all three of these different yeah. ideas. Three of these different compositions. And in that case, they're not talking about death. No, they're, of course They're not. just talking about the evening. Very much. And, it's getting dark. And right. Colin, I don't know if you know anything about the ancient world, but you don't want to be out after dark in the ancient world no, on, you the, don't. on the highways. No, it's a bad place to be. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get robbed, for sure. <laughs> and <laughs> the sun... So in this song, actually, the sun has already set and the night is already here. And so uh, I think we have to reject the idea that uh, this is uh, death itself because no one... Uh, and I, even the Psalms say this, right? Can yeah. someone sing from the grave? Can I praise you from Sheol? Um, but uh, I do think that is, it could be intentionally, it, it could be open to that interpretation, right? Because it says, may I not be left alone with no helper uh, in the nighttime. Okay. But maybe also then what represents some kind of danger or yeah. sin? Yeah, see, or? you're pressing me to give... Uh, clear you're pressing me to give clear determined ideas to a song that doesn't do that yeah so it's very hard is I, it, are they dying yeah. are are they sick are they hopeless what are these people suffering from and that's probably worth mentioning as a just a point of evaluation is the song really does not give us any indication of what this metaphor means we we can look in the the biblical texts where we see similar language, we can look in other uh, songs like Abide With Me, or we can look at this poem, which was written in war. But this song really doesn't tell us what the problem is. The problem is that the sun is set and the night is here, which we, I, I guess even then we interpret that as a problem because they're worried about being left alone with no helper. But for what reason? Like, is just just totally unknown. In the first verse, at the very least, the second verse gives some shape yes. to it. Um, it's still a little vague, but we have a clear foothold yeah. in the second verse. It seems the person. I don't. I don't mean to put words in the author's mouth or words on the author's page, so to speak. But mm-hmm. it really seems the problem in the first part is that the person be left alone mm-hmm. with no helper. Yeah, it's a issue um, of presence. So it's not really an issue of needing to be saved from yeah. a, a malady or, uh, or sin, or sin, yeah. uh, the curse, uh, to be saved from the just consequences of their sin. But really, yeah. it's a kind of a fear of uh, isolation and loneliness, which isn't really what's going on even in the poem that this is based off of, yeah, right? True. Where the person is pleading, not not merely for the presence of, of, of a helper, but really for for courage yeah. and the strength to carry on. Okay, uh, verse two, or is it the chorus? I don't know what we'd call it. Another set of lyrics. Yeah, is this the booyah booyah? <laughs> yeah. Life is fast moving and approaching the end. Earthly things are leaving me. All I see is changes. You, the unchanging God, 
abide with me. Can I say, can I give the abide with me hymn lyrics? Yeah. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim. Its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. Now, I'm not alleging plagiarism or anything like that, but again, it's really, really similar. Really, really similar. I don't know. It's similar enough that you have to wonder if, again, the person writing the song or writing the poem was, you know, kind of just maybe meditating on Abide With Me and just kind of reframing it Mm -hmm. in their own words a little bit. Kind of like All Creatures of Our God and King was clearly based off of someone meditating on the poem by Francis of Assisi. So the person is now dying. We know that clearly. My life is fast moving and approaching the end. So how do we reconcile this with the idea that the sun is set? Is it maybe the case that the setting sun doesn't reference death, but just references the gateway into old age or something? I would interpret it as um, someone being... when When the sun has set, you know that... (laughs) <laughs> there's no reversing it, I okay. guess, if that, if that yeah. makes sense. Like you can't change the course of the sun. Okay. Um, well, we can't, Joshua might be able to, but we are not able to, uh, well, Joshua, yeah, with there with the Lord, of course, um, <laughs> Last but the, the, the sun has set on this person's life and maybe they're in the kind of last yeah. moments and realizes, I mean, I know a, a very old person and often in conversations with her. Now she's, she is not near death in any medical sense, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. She's just aged, and so yeah. she knows that probably she has less than 10 years to live, but that's very different than someone who's on their deathbed. Yeah. And so she will say things like, all around me I see change, nothing is the way I remember it, mm-hmm. uh, these things that used to matter so much to me don't matter to me as much anymore. And so when I say it's unambiguous, I think I'm mistaken. It It could be someone in old age who is nearing the end of their life but not on their deathbed that doesn't really reconcile anything with the sun already being set i think the sun already being set does imply someone on their deathbed but um maybe there's another interpretation that i'm not seeing what i noticed about this song is that its problem is not exactly clear but it seems to be around the idea of dying and wanting god to be around in some way when the person dies that's a perfectly good thing to want. While that is a laudable thing to want, that is just not a huge problem. I know for the Christian, God is with us. He does abide with us. But even more than that, when we die, like passing from death, passing, passing through death into eternity is a, just a temporary thing for us. It's just a momentary discomfort before we emerge into glory. So... Again, it's not bad to want God to be present with us, and of course he will be present with us, but for people who are not going into glory, like they need a lot more than God to be with them at the moment or in the last years of their death. Like they, they need they needs to be saved yes. from their sins. It's like looking focusing on this minor problem when there's a much bigger one. I don't know if you've if you've just been hit by a car. But then as you get up, as you roll over after getting hit by the car and you stub your toe on, a, you know, the sidewalk and you're like, oh my gosh, I stubbed my toe on the sidewalk. I need a Band-Aid for that. It's like, no, no, no. Like you've got five broken bones and your lung is punctured. 
Like it's it's a good thing to want a Band-Aid for your toe, but you've got a way more serious problem here than the fact that you've stubbed your toe. And it, similarly with this song, yep, we should want God to comfort us during death and he will comfort us and that's a welcome comfort. But the real comfort comes in knowing that we are going to be with him forever. The song doesn't say anything about that. It also doesn't say anything about why God would be with us. Yes. That bothers me a bit. And I think perhaps inherent in what you're saying, although not yet expressed, so correct me if I'm wrong, is that the Christian does not, the Christian neither fears nor mourns death in the same way that the non-Christian does, in that we look at death, and as you've said, we see um, a point on an infinitely long timeline. Yeah. And for the Christian, we know what this, what the other, what what all of the points past that point on the timeline are going to look like yeah, in some sense. It's a passage, and we know what's on the other side Indeed. of it. Indeed. So we willingly and, and happily go through the passage. And the same thing for mourning. Uh, when non-Christians die, there is a right and just mourning of yeah. missed opportunity to evangelize them. Um, they they are, in a very real sense, um, never coming back to life in the way yeah. that they were before. Now, obviously, right. every soul lives forever in one place or another, but only Christians are offered new life in glorified bodies. And yeah. so... Um, there, when the world mourns and and says things like, um, so in any event, I think what I hear from you is the Christian does not fear death because, and the martyrs testify to this perhaps most powerfully, and the Christian does not mourn death in the same way that the non-Christian does. Yeah, and even then, death isn't the major, the biggest problem for the non-Christian. Like the problem is where they're going as well. Sure. Sure. Because scripture does tell us every knee shall bow yes. before the Lord, either in praise and adoration or in, now I'm, I'm interpreting it a little bit, but you will either bow in praise or in total subjugation. Yeah, correct. And what we want is for everyone to be praising the Lord. Sure. Yeah, and and those who aren't are are cast into the lake of fire. I mean, this is not a good end. Your problem, your problem isn't isn't just that you're sad about dying and things are changing. Anything else to say about the these words, Tyler? Very short. Very short. I have not much more to say. No. Uh, I, let me offer a a short conclusion. Sure. This song prays, um, pleads, beseeches the Lord for comfort at the end of something. I believe it's the person's life. Life is offered as that thing. It's not clear whether this is a deathbed, end of life, or kind of the last 10, 15 years of someone's life. But the person wants the comfort and the presence of the Lord. And that is the thread that runs through the whole thing. Yeah. I do like that the song calls God the unchanging God. Sure. I think now that that names that defines who the Lord is yeah. in the previous verses because now we have you, the unchanging God. And it gives us an attribute of God that is... Scriptural. At, at the very least, yeah, it's scriptural. At the very least, it is true. And um, in the in the case of our God, it's praiseworthy, mm -hmm. right? Um, his, his goodness 
does not change. He never loses his mercy that he gives to us. Um, he would never withdraw his peace from us. Correct. So I think that's good. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, no, that's good. Uh, I was just going to say in my sort of concluding thoughts, I appreciate what you said. Uh, I, I find these words pretty vague. Um, we don't really know how God helps. We don't actually know if he ends up helping. It kind of uh, leaves it open as to whether God actually does come and abide with the person. They're just asking God to abide with them. Don't actually know if he does. I mean, we know as Christians that God is with us. But And by the way, if you're not a Christian, boy, you, you do not want God to be with you in a sense because he'll be with you in wrath uh, and, and punishment for your sin. So to me, these words just are not very substantial. Uh, they're simple, which is nice in a sense, but they're too loose. They just don't, they just don't have any definition to them. And, you know, this is a minor comment, but I don't understand how these words and the music fit together because the music is kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's not quite happy, but it's, there's a groove to there's it. There's a kind of, yeah, there's a kind of groove to it and a kind of, uh, rhythm to it that makes it carry. And these Words, however, seem sad and not quite desperate, but certainly pleading. There's a sense of loss and a sense of change, negative change, and a desire for help and presence and loneliness. And yet, like, these words are just kind of not, again, not like joyous, but just kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of like words you'd sing while you were strolling around the neighborhood and generally feeling okay about things. Yeah, and, and perhaps that's the sense in which these people are thinking about these words. I mean, perhaps it's not, perhaps they are not insecure about the resolution. Perhaps they're not fearing God not abiding with them, but instead they are assured of his abiding and they're cheerfully singing these words. Maybe. I do also want to say one more thing because uh, I want to um, distinguish between two cases that you did not distinguish between. You said when you are a non-Christian on your deathbed, you do not want the presence of the Lord because he will be there in wrath. Well, that certainly is one, after, I guess. Yes, that is one possible case. But, I and I only say this because I had a friend ask me this question who is not a Christian. He said, what do you think about deathbed confessions? Sure. Or, or, or conversions. conversions. And I said, I would say that's just as legitimate as any other but you better be sure you know when you're going to die, if that makes sense. Because um, he, I think, and I, I pray, I hope, that there was a spark of um, something in him. Because he's not a Christian, but he was curious enough to ask me about it. And um, I don't know how many people are banking on making a deathbed con a conversion, like, you know, I, yeah. I want to live my life the way I want to, but then at the end, I want to uh, convert. Not a good strategy, folks. It's not a good strategy. I, pr I pray that no one would rely on that. But if one really does sincerely um, confess their sin on their deathbed and ask for God to save them, accept uh, the truth of the gospel, and believe in their heart that Jesus rose from the grave and is coming again— I have absolutely no problem saying that person is my brother in Christ yeah, sure. and God will 
be with them in their last moments. But like I said to my friend, you better be totally certain you know when you're going to die. And obviously that's tongue in cheek. No one knows when they're going to die. Yeah. And also I imagine that the sort of person who's saying, well, I'll just wait till my deathbed. Um, their conversion at the end of their life will not be sincere, right? Probably because possibly, but probably not. But presumably if they were moved by God's spirit legitimately to convert, that would happen. Sure. Sure. Uh, okay. Um, Tyler, did you give this song a rating? Yeah, I did. I gave, and here's the thing. I think if this song came on the radio and it was, the song is is asking God to, um, be with a person, comfort a person, uh, be a helper when there are no other helpers present. I think this is all, this is all fine. It doesn't clearly define the problem, but it's also not a song that I would expect to see in a church, right? So as a song that's on the radio, I'm going to give it three out of five. So it, it it clears the mark for me. And I'm going to give it three out of five sleigh bells, keyboard players. Yeah. And in order to know what I'm talking about, you'll have to watch the music video um, because between the, the timestamps 6.39 and 6.45, six, so six minutes, 39 seconds into the video, this keyboard player is shaking these sleigh bells, and he is so into the music. He's just dancing and grooving and playing the sleigh bells, and I thought it was really cool. Okay. Colin, what did you give it? Not three out of five. Uh, I gave You're going to give it a five, I guess, no. right? I, I was worried you were going to give it a four, and then we were going to have a Bite. little discussion there. Um, three, I guess, is acceptable. Um, I gave it a perfectly uh, not, not ambiguous two out of five light cannons. And there's a point in this video where they've got these like lights on the stage, and they shoot out this light, and it looks like a cannon. And they, these, the way that the camera angle is, it's this low angle below the stage. And so it's looking up and it looks like these people on the stage are like firing cannons of light into the crowd. It's a bit, uh, bit of an interesting picture. But there you go. Isn't light cannon a Pokemon move or something like You're that? You're asking the wrong. I'm not one of those millennials. I'm too early for Pokemon. Okay. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Worship Review. Catch us next week. We upload new episodes every Monday, and we will see you next time. Take care. Later. You've been listening to The Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at anchor.fm slash theworshipreview and patreon.com slash theworshipreview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.